2: Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then little comedy as well.
3: Now, here's your host, J. Ryle.
4: Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction and good morning. Hope you guys are enjoying your Sunday morning so far. Today is September 26, 2021, and here are the topics that we will discuss this morning right here on the serious side of the J.
5: Rao Show.
6: And over the weekend images were published on Border Patrol on horseback approaching Haitian migrants as they crossed onto the U.S. side of the river in Del Rio. The White House called the images. Horrific. Adding more information was needed about the situation. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz told reporters today that agents routinely use horses to patrol the river and encourage migrants to return to Mexico. He said the agency will look into what happened.
7: This is heartbreaking. This is something I have never prepared myself for or never anticipated.
8: And since we met, Patrick took a turn for the worse. He was placed on a ventilator and died this weekend.
7: Every time we moved him, we weren't sure if the end was going to be in that moment. And so I just wanted to be there to hold his hand.
8: In just one week, Patrick would have turned 25. He now leaves behind a young son.
9: Armed with a federal arrest warrant, prosecutors say Laundrie used someone else's debit card knowingly and with intent to defraud, taking $1,000 or more in the days following the last reported sighting of Petito.
6: The suit was
10: filed against Mount Pleasant Public Schools, a librarian and a teacher's assistant. It alleges the rights of seven-year-old Journey Hoffmeyer, who is biracial, her rights were violated. But of the girl's long curls, the suit also claims racial discrimination and ethnic discrimination, as well as assault and battery.
11: Online radio at its best. Good morning, Lord. Thank you for a new day. Thank you that your compassion is renewed every morning. Great is your faithfulness and your steadfast love, O Lord. I don't know what all is going to happen today and how much I'll get done, but you do. So I give this day to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Father. Energize me for your work because you know how tired these bones are. Awaken me to the wonder of your salvation and quicken my spirit to the reality of your work in my life. Lord, my mind is filled with creative ideas, but they're all jumbled. Holy Spirit, come and hover over my mind like you hovered over the waters at creation and speak order out of the chaos. Help me to cease striving and to trust that you will give me all I need today to do the work you've given me to do. You will be faithful to complete the good work you've started. And as I step out into my day, I declare your sovereignty over every area of my life. I entrust myself to you and ask that you use me however you see fit. This day is yours. My body is yours. My mind is yours. Everything I am is yours. May you be pleased with me today. Amen.
4: back in, 347 1272 It's a beautiful Sunday morning here in Texas, and I hope that uh, the weather is good in your neck of the woods as well. I'm Jay Ryle. Welcome into the show, Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two 1272 is the calling number, and we appreciate you being a part of what we do, but as always, I never share the stage by myself. Uh, Rich Sister's in the house. Johnny D is in the house, and Mr. LES is in the house as well. Ladies first, good morning, Rich Sister. Welcome into the show. How are you on this beautiful Sunday morning?
2: I'm doing great.
6: How's everyone
4: doing? Hope everyone's doing well. Doing well. I'm glad morning, you here. Doing well. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. You heard that smooth voice. That's the voice of the one and only Mr. Johnny D in the place to be, the smooth voice from the Carolinas. Good morning, my friend. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Good
12: morning. Good morning. Good morning. I am absolutely blessed. Um, powerful prayer this morning, uh, Brother Jay. I uh, do want to send, you know, shouts out to Miss Vanessa and Rich Sister and Brother Jerome and Mr. Les and Jay and all those individuals that allow us an opportunity to come into your home each week. And uh, it's, it doesn't go unappreciated. And I'm looking forward to the topics, looking forward to the discussion uh, as usual.
4: Appreciate those smooth words, my brother, and I'm pretty sure that people can't wait to hear what you have to say. The man who gets the first and last word around here on the serious side, the one of only Mr. L to the E to the S, Mr. Elias. Good morning. How are you, sir? Well, good morning. Good morning
13: to you, sir. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Rick Sister. Good morning, good morning, Mama B. Good morning, Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Melania Music, and good morning, my brother Hawk,
4: and good morning, my brother Jerome. They're all in the house, Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two 850 1272 is the calling number. Of course, Vanessa is off this morning, and uh, usually Jerome joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we kind of hold it down. And, uh, you know, as always, we take the first few minutes of the show, what we call personal to talk about some things. And usually, we talk about things that we will not discuss during the course of the show. And I have a couple of things I definitely want to talk about. Um, and let me start with... Uh, the Central York School Board banning black children's book, books in Pennsylvania. Now, they later changed this ruling, but you know, Mr. Elias, the fact that they had to change the rules, the fact that they banned these uh, <laughs> children's books in the first place tells us where we are in 2021. Man, elaborate on this, brother. What do you think about this? Well,
13: you know, they're trying to change the history. Jay. They, don't, they don't want history to be taught. They call it critical race theory. So they're trying to they're trying to stop you from learning about you know how bad their ancestors were. So the the books are next. Come on, you know you got to see these things as they're coming, man. They don't they don't want their 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 kids to feel that that you know that they they um that the ancestors were crappy. They you know and, and they weren't. You know, if you were a slave owner, you beat you. You beat the slave owner, you own people. They were your property. So, come on, let's just be honest. This is, this is critical. This is critical race theory. This is what they use it. And the Republicans have a way of messaging something, and they stay on point with it. So, bottom line, I don't give a damn. You should be teaching out all, all history, all, every history, because if, if you don't learn your history, you're doomed to repeat it.
4: Now, they try to clarify their stance, John, on this. They they try to come back and say, well, you know, the bottom line is is that uh, we want to make sure the books get vetted. But these books, some of these books are, you know, 15 pages, 38 pages. And so they're saying, well, we're not saying that teachers could use the books as a resource, but what we're saying is, is that we're not going to provide it as a resource. If they want to do this individually, that's their own business, but we're not going to provide it as, you know, part of our curriculum. You know, it's just ridiculous uh, when you think about it. But give me your thoughts on this one real quick, sir.
12: You know, I, I'm going to have to get studied up on this because I'm not specific what book, but, you know, when, when you think about uh, you know, the First Amendment and school and, and higher learning uh, education, there's always been some impediments in regards to reading books. Uh, you go back to Huff Finn and Tom Sawyer and, and some of those books as well. Like I say, not knowing specifically what book it is. But I will say this right here. Um, there, there has always been a gap in individuals' desire to thwart learning of, of self, particularly when it comes to blacks who stay in America. You know, up until I was in 11th grade, I went to all black schools. And I will be honest, uh, after, after I, 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 I joined the military and started becoming educated and, and, you know, being around brothers like yourself and Brother Hart and uh, it, persons like that, I started to really feel, find out more about myself. And I'm sitting there looking, thinking, okay, how deprived was I? So even then, the educational system didn't even allow all black schools. Now, we had strong black males, strong black females, but the curriculum was the same. And, if, and mm-hmm. if you're sitting there promoting the same curriculum, then you can be in that culture and still not learn anything about yourself. And, you know, to a degree, I felt shorted after I started to learn how rich our history was. And I'm thinking, wow, why wasn't I educated on this? So, you know, again, the, the educational system has always deprived uh, cultures of learning from themselves At least in the distortion that they want to if you think about the native americans and their rich history they always talk to you about how they how 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 the westerners came and took their land but they don't talk about how they preserved life up until that point and had a a great way of life and now they talk about you know the native americans on the reservation and stuff so it's never a depiction of how rich the history of of minorities are in america and that's deliberate
4: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know,
12: some of these books, they're
4: children's books, we're talking about 30 or 40 of them. And some of the books are named, they're cartoon books and they're children's books. So one is one, is, one of the names, I Am Rosa Parks, you know, I Am Martha Luther King. It's a part of the I Am book series. It's, it's just a shame, uh, Jackie, that, you know, uh, America doesn't want to confront its racist past. Uh, they, they want to gloss over it like it never happened, thinking that, you know, white kids are going to grow up feeling guilty about what happened to African Americans back in the day. It's just ridiculous, and I can't understand why, uh, you know, people think that this is a great idea. Give me your thoughts on this one real quick. Yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs>
2: well, uh, it, it, the truth is the truth. You can't hide from the truth. The truth is the truth. Look, all I've got to say is Texas, check, New York, check. Yeah, those are the states I ain't going to never live in because y- y'all, <laughs>
3: y- y'all been
2: lost your mind. You know, just goes to show you when you have a racist president in there, the whole world goes crazy.
4: <laughs> Absolutely, it's ridiculous. the world has gone oh, bonkers.
3: Thing. Yeah, it's just, you know, the history is history.
2: What happened, happened. That's just fact. Sorry if you, you, you kids going to feel bad. But imagine how we felt. How about that? How about us See, being think- sold to the <laughs> highest bidder and being beat?
0: Yeah. I- I'll D, tell you what welcome saying. to the club.
4: Uh, it's interesting you bring that up. You're absolutely correct. People are thinking about their feelings. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. You know, uh, one last thing we'll try to squeeze in here in the last two minutes we have left. The big audit, Mr. Elias, you know, the thing is they went in, <laughs> went in and tried to find uh, the audit in Arizona's over. Now it looks like Joe Biden won by more votes. But, you know, I'm watching Veltie this morning as I prepare for the show, like I always do every Sunday. And he said something that was interesting. He said, yeah, we may have won this small ballot, but listen, what you need to understand is, is that Arizona, their plan to to try to overturn mm-hmm. the election was just just bogus and it was crazy and it was flawed. He said, so now what's going to happen is is that more Republican states are going to say, let's look at what they did wrong and try to make it right. So we're not out of the woods mm-hmm. yet. And the fact that the gerrymandering and all the things that they're doing really is going to have the long-term effect. This audit was just some nonsense. But at the end of the day, you know, the bigger waves are coming. Give me your thoughts on this in the final uh, 60 seconds we have left. Well, you
13: know something, Jay, the bottom line is this. You know, they, the Republicans are playing the long game, and we're playing a short game. The bottom line is, you know, we're, the, the, the Democrats are scared to get rid of the filibuster because what would happen if Republicans got back in prominence and all this other stuff? Look, man, we need to get rid of the filibuster. We need to get rid of all this other stuff and put the voting, John Lewis voting rights back in and then the voting rights back in so you can get rid of Jerry Manning and the whole nine. We need to put it back in place where it needs to be at.
4: Well said, my man Johnny D. Man, there's 30 seconds left, man. Can you do it in 30 seconds? Give me a quick response to this.
12: Absolutely, I'm 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 gonna I'm stay on the thing with, with less. It it is deplorable. Uh, two things that happened uh, this week right here, you know, where the the, the Senate refused to pass uh, the police reform, um, and then also. The John Lewis Act, the Voting Act, I mean, we spend a lot of on uh, a lot of wheels doing other things, except for the most important, the po- important thing that 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 we have to to address in this administration is voters' rights.
4: Absolutely, I agree with you on that. Well said. All right, time for an NPR News update. It's time to get into the heavy lifting of the show, 347-850-1272. 2, 2. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. Thank you so much for joining us. And it is the serious side of the J. Riles show right here on the TJRS radio network, online radio. at it's best. Live
9: from NPR News in Washington, I'm Amy Held big week for President Biden's big domestic spending agenda, but cracks are showing as the House prepares to vote on an infrastructure bill and a separate social and climate package. The House Budget Committee advanced that measure this weekend, but one Democrat joined all Republicans in voting no. Then there's the issue of keeping the federal government up and running. Spending is once again bumping up against the debt ceiling. The Senate is set to debate a measure tomorrow to extend funding and suspend the debt limit, but Republicans say they will not vote for an increase. Federal investigators are headed to the site of this weekend's deadly train derailment in Montana. At least three people were killed and multiple injured. NPR's Giles Snyder reports a 14-member investigative team is set to arrive at the site of the crash today.
8: The National Transportation Safety Board said overnight that it has launched what's called a GO team to investigate the crash. that left several train cars tipped onto their sides near Joplin a small town in north-central Montana near the Canadian border. The NTSB says the team will be based in nearby Great Falls, Montana, and Amtrak says it will fully support the investigation. Amtrak's westbound Empire Builder train was taking passengers to Seattle when it derailed Saturday afternoon. Amtrak says the train had about 141 passengers and 16 crew members on board. Photos and video posted on social media show train cars on their sides and rescuers, many of them volunteers, working to get people out. Kyle Snyder, NPR News.
9: Millions of Germans are voting today in a federal election that will determine who succeeds Chancellor Angela Merkel. here's Rob Schmitz reports from Berlin her successor will help set the course for Europe's most powerful economy.
14: While most German offices, restaurants and shops are closed on Sundays, thousands of polling places are open across the country today. Germans are voting on members of parliament and their preferred parties to make up the next government. In Berlin, lines of voters snaked out of precincts since early morning. The front-running party, Germany's Social Democrats, are polling just a few percentage points above Merkel's center-right Christian Democratic Union party. The Greens and Germany's libertarian parties fallen close behind. It is one of the widest open elections in Germany in recent memory, making it likely to take months for those who prevail to form a coalition government. Rob Schmidt and Pierre News Berlin.
9: New York is preparing for staffing shortages at hospitals and nursing homes ahead of tomorrow's deadline that mandates health care workers must get vaccinated against COVID-19. The governor says she's prepared to call in the National Guard to help, as well as allowing recent graduates and retirees to step in. When it comes to New York City teachers, however, a federal appeals court has temporarily blocked the mayor's vaccine mandate from going into effect tomorrow. You're listening to NPR News.
4: It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of The Serious Side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's The Serious Side of the TGRS. happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
6: Online radio at its best. And over the weekend, images were published on Border Patrol on horseback approaching Haitian migrants as they crossed onto the U.S. side of the river in Del Rio. The White House called the images horrific, adding more information was needed about the situation. Border Patrol chief Raul Ortiz told reporters today that agents routinely use horses to patrol the river and encourage migrants to return to Mexico. He said the agency will look into what happened.
4: Welcome back in 347-850-1272. And the call number is the serious side of the J. Ryles show. Happens every Sunday morning right here from the TGRS Radio Network Online Radio. At his best, President Joe Biden called the images from the southern border of Haitians being chased and intimidated by immigration officers on horseback outrageous and warned there will be consequences for those involved. I promise you, those people will pay. There will be an investigation underway now, and there will be consequences. There will be consequences, he said on Friday. It's an embarrassment. Beyond an embarrassment, it is dangerous, it's wrong, it sends the wrong message around the world. It sends the message that at home, it's simply not who we are. Biden was responding to widely circulated images that showed an agent on horseback grabbing a migrant as he tried to cross into the U.S. from Mexico. Another video showing agents on horseback chasing migrants and waving what appeared to be a leather rein are Larry lashing it towards them. Let's uh, start the conversation right there. Uh, Mr. Elias, when these images first uh, hit the Internet, You know, I was taken back by it. It was almost as if I was watching the new and improved version of Roots, white men on horses with whips trying to keep the black folk in check. They were disturbing. They shook me to my core, and I cannot believe that this is going on in 2021. Under this environment, Everything that's going on with BLM, George Floyd, the fact that these people didn't think anything about how this would represent the U.S. worldwide when it comes with dealing with people of color, and not only dealing with people of color, but dealing with Haitians. One, Haitian, you know, Haiti is probably, it's probably the poorest country in this, the poorest country in the world, and the fact that our people who look like us being treated like this at the southern border man is just something that is uh press-taking and something that um you know it's just it's hard to comprehend man give me your thoughts on this one mr elliot
13: when, when i first saw the images jay i thought this was deplorable man and and just like just as you said i you know i thought this is a scene from the 1800s and um you know my god man what right. you know there's just no you know if, if you don't look like me i'm going to you know treat you any which way i can and that's just that's how it works man bottom line is look man these people need help every way shape form and fashion they need help and we're not helping them out at all we're not helping and you know we don't have to help I, you know like when i said we don't have to help everybody but damn you know these people have lost they've they've lost that lost you know they can't have their homes have been destroyed through hurricanes or earthquakes and in a country if you if you stay there long enough you're going to be kidnapped and then you got to, you got to pay a ransom to get your children back this this is just this is deplorable this is unbelievable that we are going through this right in and, and, and this day and age and everybody's always talking about well we can't afford it I don't want to pay my tax dollars you don't have to. Why don't you make these rich people pay their tax dollars or these rich corporations pay their tax dollars? That way they'll, they, you know, we don't have to pay. As a, as we, don't have to, we don't have to come out of our pockets like we should. But we don't, we don't do that. What we'll say is, well, they're job creators, so we can't make them. This is the way we've been made to feel ever since that the rich that had their pockets in Washington, have put their money in Washington. They, that's how they made the feel. They don't, they don't pay their fair share in taxes for, for corporations or rich folks. Make them pay their fair share. We'd have no more problems. A lot of things would get paid for roads, bridges, and you know, if, if you want to send people back to work, hell, it costs. They got you got people got to get childcare to send people back to work. What about that? What about the the, the dress code? You, you, you know, you know, we can talk about how how bad it is, but you know, poor people got it bad, man. You know, and I, I'm not I'm not rich by any means. I am I am poised just as, as the, rest of the next person because if I miss a couple of paychecks, guess where I'm gonna be? I'm gonna be homeless. So the bottom line is, hey man, don't don't look down your nose at these people. These, these people need help. The, the Haitians need help. We need to help. You know, we need to help people where we can help them.
4: You know, know, Johnny D., but is it as simple as paying more taxes? Because even, you know, listen, the U.S. government has a lot of money. Let's not act like we don't. You know, we're having uh, arguments about the debt ceiling. We're the richest country in the world despite what's happening in China. But is it as simple as that? Because, you know, with all the money in the world, with – You know, this is the third week in a row we've had conversations about Haiti. We've talked about how how corrupt the country was. You know, the the government is in disarray. Is it that simple to to fix what's going on in Haiti just by saying, okay, people pay for more taxes and we can put more money into Haiti? They're not putting money into Haiti, not any real money. And then if they are, I mean, who's there to make sure that it's being distributed the right way and, and being managed the right way? And then forget all that. Let's talk about what the hell we just saw with people trying to come into this country with, you know, Kunta Kinte, Chicken George. To, to, you know, those are names from the past. Good God, man, what we saw on the border was just despicable. And, and the fact that this is happening in this country in 2021 is mind-blowing to me. Let's see you.
12: Uh, it, it's, you know, we, 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 we've been knocking on, on, on this, this topic for the last couple of weeks and, uh, it resonated to being depicted out with this horseback and whips with the border patrol. And I don't know why we sat here acting shocked. Um, uh, you know, if, if you look at the rich history of, of, of Hades and, you know, uh, and I'll share a story at, at the end of this here because people would always ask me, "Why would you want to do something like that?" But of all the nations, uh, Haiti and Jay, you write about this here, in the western in the Western civilization, Haiti is the poorest of all the countries, okay Haiti's tradition, rich tradition starts back as you had slaves from Africa. That overthrew france as early as the early 1800s 1803 1804 1805 somewhere in there and won their independence now if you look at america's involvement with hades where um, uh, america actually supported in the 1950s that's why that distrust is there and and the relationships haven't gotten be- better over the years of every president has come in because they don't want to be colonialized okay so mm-hmm. here it is. You got a free country, free nation. Yes, they're poor. The annual income uh, is $800. They make $1 or $2 a day. So, yes, they are poor. And then you couple that with the, with the 2010 earthquake where over $500 million was misappropriated. And then you look at the, I mean, the, uh, the earthquake of this year, and then you look at the gangs, and then you look at the president who was corrupt himself, who was assassinated. But still, there's the instability. That has occurred in those lives of the people. Now, I'm sitting there reading articles and listening to, to newsreels where some of those Haitian immigrants, uh, migrants, were saying that they had been moving through Central America for more than four to five years to get there to that day where all of those tens of thousands of people were setting up under a bridge with no food. And it's not like America can't see ten thousand people coming, okay? So you knew this yep. wave of people was coming because it, it would be just like two or three uh, individuals who come across the border. There's technology that do heat monitoring and everything, so you see it. So can you just imagine a wave of three, four thousand people at a time, four, five hundred people at a time? So you knew they was coming, and the reports indicated that this administration understood, okay, that this is this this is this is where they're coming and this is where we're going to stop them. And you don't even as much have tents, waters. You have nowhere for them to go. So now they're sitting up there under a bridge with, with, with raincoats on sticks, okay? No food, no mm-hmm. cleaning supplies. You got little babies out there, all right? And now, now you got got this, this melee and you just decide, okay, we're not going to allow them an opportunity to exercise this 18th month rule where they can file for amnesty. So we you know we're gonna send them all back. Why? Because they black. Okay, that's mm. the reality of it. Because they black. So you 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 round up, you rustle up the border patrol. And yes, it, it's true they they use horses. Okay, I, I know uh, guys who are on the border patrol. They do utilize horses, but they don't use whips on people. Mm. So what we saw was 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 a depiction, man. Of just that old mindset and mentality. I mean, look at this right here. If people correlate hell, what do they say? They say Hades, okay? That's what they that's what they said for years, okay? You ain't going <sighs> to hell. You're going to Hades. Is it, not that. Is that something that that, uh. that I'm the only one that heard coming up?
4: No, no, you're so right. I, I, forgot, you know, I forgot all about that. Yeah,
12: yeah. It, it's, it's always the depiction of, of of the darker colored nations that get the scrutiny. But that's even within your own country. Now, where are they going to yeah. go? You put them on planes, you load them up, and where are they going to go? Some of them going to turn right back around, get enough food on their belly, and they're going to take that venture across. And then the Man. hell that they catch coming through Mexico, where some of them are killed, some, the women are raped, uh, they're extorted by the gangs. I mean, these people have been traumatized coming here now, like I said. As I said last week, you've got to do something about immigration. Okay? If this is the land of the free, the home of the brave, then guess what? Then allow those to pitch in and allow an uh, equal process where people can come in and, 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 and seek asylum yeah. without the scrutiny of being based off of your pigmentation and your skin color. You don't see them hovering yeah. around the border of Canada. You know why? Because the people that's coming through Canada are, are a lot lighter than, than the mm. ones that's coming in through Central America. That's the fact, man. That's the reality. So, you know, we can sit there and act like, oh, we're so appalled. But the reality of it is is that this is how we treat. This is how we treat the darker colored countries. Exactly. This is how we treat
4: them. And, you know, Trump called them SO countries. You're absolutely correct about that. Not only are you upset, but, uh, you know, Maxine Waters uh, really was pissed off. And let me play her comments, and then we'll talk on the other side.
3: I'm pissed. I'm unhappy and I'm not just unhappy with the cowboys who were running down Haitians and using their reins to whip them. I'm happy with the administration. We are following the Trump policy. He is the one that does not follow the Constitution and would not allow those seeking refuge to be able to petition to get into the country. What the hell are we doing here? What we witness takes us back hundreds of years. What we witnessed was worse than what we witnessed in slavery. Cowboys, with their reins again, whipping black people, Haitians, into the water where they're scrambling and falling down. And all they're trying to do is escape from violence in their country. Yes, it is unfortunate that it is the poorest country in this hemisphere. It is unfortunate that they have no stable government right now. It is unfortunate that they've had to live through earthquakes. I've been working with Haitians for 30 years. I've been working through two coup d'état. I went to the Central African Republic and I brought back Aristide after he was exiled into the Central African Republic. They have always been between Canada and France and the United States treat it worse than anybody else. And so, yes, we are here and we are organized, and we're saying to the president and everybody else, you've got to stop this madness. And I want to know in the first place, who's paying these cowboys to do this work? They've got to be gotten rid of. It, they've gotten to be stopped. It cannot go on.
4: You know, Jackie, that's your congresswoman right there. Uh, give me your thoughts on this topic.
3: Uh, well it, it is it's so true what was said is
2: reminiscent of what they did to us in slavery and it's just what can you say about it? it is just disgusting I don't have no other words
4: yeah well sometimes fewer words uh, best describe situations let's bring in the smartest man in the world mr. Jerome Spree is in the house good morning Jerome welcome in to the serious side sir uh, you know, Jerome, man, when you watch those images in the video, Maxine Waters. Hey, good
15: morning.
4: One of one of the things I will say about Maxine Waters is, is that she tells it like it is. She's like, look, I'm not pulling any punches. What's going on with the Biden administration? You know, this is a continuance of what Trump did. Why are we not doing something different? We're the, the you know, words and talk is cheap. Yeah, it's outrageous. Yeah, someone's going to pay. Hopefully. But at the end of the day, you know, how did it even get to this point? Like Johnny D said, you know, yeah, they, they, they usually uh, monitor and, and you know the, the border on on horseback. But watching these images and for them to think that this is okay, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm at a loss for words. Help me out with this, sir.
1: Well, you know, first I want to comment on um, okay, a couple things that, um, first of all. Haiti, or when we talk about U.S. and money, we're, we're talking about building, spending billions of dollars to give Israel for some dome protection or some nonsense like that, right? And we pick and choose where we give money to, and nobody ever talks right. about their taxes being raised because we give money to them, for one. And two, Haiti, we're manipulating them anyway. So when you talk about the U.S. government… Um, you could talk about the corruption in Haiti, but it's a U.S.-backed corruption too, right? So they keep Haiti off balance as well. So there's a lot of issues with Haiti, but the immediate thing that came to mind when I heard the clip of Maxine Waters, and um, you have to love her, her fight um, generally when it comes to issues. But I, we need to understand that she can't keep calling them cowboys. That sounds like an old John Wayne movie and all this other stuff. They're flat-out vigilantes, and we're talking about the the Border Patrol people that they hired during the Trump administration. They came there with a different mission. And we seem to forget that in white folks inside their pathology, like across the board, that they don't even consider this 30% of Trump supporters that are in certain areas, right? And so their dis their their um the way they handle you know, people crossing the border anyway, whether they're Mexican, whether they're children, whether they're, you know, Spanish speaking and especially black people, racism is coming from a certain segment of our population mainly, although it runs through uh it runs through a lot of those folks. So when people start criticizing Biden from what I heard um before and I know I haven't talked about this on the last um, couple shows when you guys covered this I just wanted to make sure I threw this in Biden can only do what he can do and I I believe that when he says look we're gonna prosecute anybody or or, or you know do what we can to get rid of or whatever he said about the border patrol there is an uncontrolled current in this country of really racist, pathological white folks that we don't like to address. And for some reason, we keep having conversations about putting rules and what they should do and how this is disgusting and against humanity, and they mess that up constantly every day, whether it's with the police department, whether it's with little vigilante, little Karens of the world, or – random white men pulling guns on young black kids we watch this movie over and over again and we keep addressing them like they're individual acts and that act of them on the horse is not them being cowboys and by the way they called white folks cow hands back in the days and guess what they called cow cowboys right because it was kind of a slur until the rodeos came around and they thought it was cool to be like the black people so everybody wanted to be a cowboy but the, the issue that we're always missing is that there is a current in this country, and matter of fact, in all European countries generally, some better than the others. But there's a spirit of racism and that authoritarianism and fascism that's running through them that says that anybody who don't like, don't look like me, is not worthy. And we need to we need to talk about that. We don't need yeah. to talk about it, but we need to understand what it is.
4: Yeah, it's interesting, and I'm glad you clarified the the cowboy term uh, uh, because you know, like you said before, um, when you kind of look at history, sometimes we use terms and we don't understand the origins yeah. of the terms. So Hollywood,
1: so, it's Hollywood. It's kind of making them seem like they're just a bunch of good guys who did a bad thing. They're not. So terms like that. Plays into the pathology of people's head They don't hear anything negative When you say that They don't use that as a slur a Cowboy is not a slur to white folks uh, so, That's a good point Yeah, so to her point Of them being vigilantes Or just mm-hmm. crazy asses We keep giving terms to people And we keep um, um, Being too I mean, I shouldn't say too humane But we keep right. we keep putting on them this value that they're redeemable When they're doing really ill Pathological things to people That they need to be in jail for We need to call yeah. them For what it is when they do that You know That's
4: it Yeah It, it's, it's, uh, it was hard to watch It's just uh just hard to watch, man, hard to watch. alright five zero one two seven two is the call-in number. It's the serious side, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS radio network, online radio. And it's You know, we talk about rich people, and we talk about how CEOs are greedy. Well, let me tell you a story about a man by the name of Dan Price. Dan Price faced praise and criticism six years ago when he boasted or boosted all his employees' salaries to $70,000 a year. But instead of the economic gloom and doom that was predicted for him, the company and its workforce by all metrics has thrived. It's Kavina time. Four minutes or less, something that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Serious Side of the Jay Round Show. (laughs)
15: <laughs>
10: New parents and co Carrie Chen and Alex Franklin, can't wait to introduce their son to colleagues at work, a company they say made it possible for them to begin a family in the first place. And you weren't the only ones that had a baby, huh? No,
7: no. everybody had a baby.
10: There's <laughs> so a baby boom here. Why do you think that's happening? We can afford it. They both work at Gravity Payments in Seattle, a credit card processing company with a CEO who six years ago did something that shocked everyone.
14: And we're going to have a minimum uh, $70,000 raise for everyone that works here. You had people
10: making $35,000 a year, but you told them you were going to double their salary. Yeah. And then you actually had to do it. Right. How did you pull it off? Well, it's tricky. You know, I, I took the million-dollar pay cut. That's right, a million-dollar pay cut. Dan Price was simultaneously hailed as a hero and eviscerated as an enemy of capitalism. Lunatic of all lunatics, Dan Price. Personally, I think he's a socialist. I hope this company is a case study in MBA programs because it's going to fail. But that didn't happen. So, so you've almost it. doubled the number of employees, yeah. and you've tripled business. Yeah. And you're still paying a minimum of $70,000 a year.
14: Correct. How much do you make? Uh, I make $70,000 a year.
10: To pay his own bills, Price downsized his own life, sold the second home he owned, and tapped into his own savings. I think it was a big risk. Yeah. Andrew Haffenbrack teaches at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business. It does go against what people expect and what we usually see in terms of corporations and companies. These days, average CEO compensation is 320 times more than the salaries of their typical workers. This shows that isn't the only way for a company to be successful and profitable. Do you pay what you can get away with or do you pay
14: what you think is ideal or reasonable or fair? Why aren't more companies doing this? I would say that's the failure of this. You know, I feel like I've been shouting from the rooftop, like, this works, this works, everybody should do it. And zero big companies are following suit because the system values having the highest return with the lowest risk and the lowest amount of work.
10: (laughs) But Price thinks Gravity's returns are up in large part because bigger paychecks have led to
14: fiercely loyal employees. Our turnover rate was cut in half. So when you have employees staying twice as long, their knowledge of how to help our customers skyrocketed over time. And that's really what paid for the raise more so than my pay
9: cut. Getting them where they are.
14: The company did take a hit during the pandemic, losing
10: 55% of its business in March 2020. At one point, price figure gravity was only four months away from failing, but it bounced back after its employees voluntarily took a temporary pay cut. We reduced our
7: yeah. salary to forty thousand dollars yeah
10: i
8: think we took uh, each about somewhere around 60 percent are you back up to normal now
7: not only back to normal gravity repaid us all of the pay cut that we had voluntarily given up are we going to get a
14: little uh playpen in here for
10: you Price says baby Thomas is one of 60 new additions to the company family over the past six years. He also claims the number of employees buying homes has gone up tenfold.
7: We are right on track for the American dream. You know, we have a beautiful baby boy, a wonderful home, a beautiful life. We're not only um, just living, we're able to thrive.
10: And they're able to say thank you to the man who made it possible.
7: He has this dream car. We're like, hey, let's like, if we all chip in just a little bit, we can make it happen. And we did. <laughs>
14: oh My, gosh. my employees had done way more for me than I could ever do for them. So the fact that they wanted to get me such, a, such an unreal, amazing gift, it, it's pretty special. I don't know if I can put it into words.
10: You could have afforded
14: that with your old salary. Yeah, that's true. I'm way happier now than I was before.
0: Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, coworkers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. And unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress. And so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Online radio at its best.
5: I would not wish this stuff on like my worst enemy at all.
8: 24-year-old COVID patient Patrick Bershia had been hospitalized just over a week when we first met him earlier this month. Oh, sorry, What?
15: the... breath. Yeah, take,
8: <laughs> take a breath. He struggled to breathe but he wanted to keep talking to share this message.
5: As soon as I can get the vaccine, and I highly recommend anyone who has it to do it, because this is a very scary situation.
8: Do you regret not getting the vaccine?
5: Absolutely, I 100% regret it.
8: Specifically, what were some of the things you were hearing?
5: That the vaccine was not a real vaccine, that uh, it was like a tracking chip the government was trying to use on us.
8: Patrick was in the ICU at Billings Clinic in Montana, which was already seeing its highest number of COVID patients since last year. This is the ER. They've set up overflow beds in the hallway. Nurse Chrissy Baxter was among those caring for Patrick. Is it exhausting?
7: It is, it's exhausting. I've had days where I thought, I don't know that I can get up and continue to do this job. And I've been a nurse for 30 years. I believe passionately in what we do. I wanna make a difference for patients, but I never thought I would be there, but I've had days that I thought, I don't know that I can continue to do this.
8: Since then, she says, things have gotten worse. The hospital has limited ECMO treatments, external machines that can function as a critical patient's heart and lungs. Administrators have also discussed how best to get ready for what's known as critical standards of care, essentially guidelines for how to ration resources.
7: This is heartbreaking. This is something I have never prepared myself for or never anticipated.
8: And since we met, Patrick Mm -hmm. took a turn for the worse. He was placed on a ventilator and died this weekend.
7: Every time we moved him, we weren't sure if the end was going to be in that moment. And so I just wanted to be there to hold his hand.
8: In just one week, Patrick would have turned 25. He now leaves behind a young son.
5: I much like a lot of people of my age group, uh, didn't really have a whole lot of proper information. I was hearing a lot of uh propaganda saying oh like COVID's a conspiracy theory, uh it's not real. You know, just a whole bunch of crap. But uh isn't true, this is very real, it's it's very scary.
4: Welcome back in, 347 2, 2. As millions of, of Americans, uh, vaccinated Americans look forward to slivers of normalcy in everyday life. The goalpost of carefree gathering with family and friends has shifted again as a national surge in Delta cases overrun communities and devastates hospitals. For some, resentment has been the result. The vaccinated must now reckon with feeling like they've done everything they can and everything they're supposed to be doing to quell the pandemic while seeing others squash their hard work and sacrifice by refusing to follow COVID-safe protocols. On Twitter, a user by the name of Nicky Gammon writes, I was just reading an article about empathy and why vaccinated people need to have sympathy for the unvaccinated. And while I can see this, I feel like it misses something from the middle. Unvaxed folks don't have empathy for everyone else. We'll start a conversation right there. You know, the reason why uh, I wanted to talk about this this morning is I continue to watch people who are unvaccinated die. And then every now and then you have the one-off case of a vaccinated person dying. And the reason why basically an unvaccinated person is dying, Johnny D is because of the fact that they've contracted uh, COVID. And the reason we can't get the pandemic under control is because according to the CDC, and Dr. Felch and all those people who, who are in the know, Americans are not, Americans are refusing to be vaccinated. And so if everyone got got vaccinated according to these experts we can kill this pandemic they use measles and mumps and all these other things that have happened to us smallpox in the past to show that if we can get on one accord we can get rid of this stuff so it begs the question if a person dies from covid i'm just going to be blunt with it and they're unvaccinated do we continue to feel sorry for these people do we shed tears for folks who have all the information, everything that they need to make the right decision, according to scientists, but refuse to and die, how should we feel about this? Should we Should we say, hey, oh, well, you know, you, you have the information. Good riddance are, you know, how do you feel
12: about it? Give me your thoughts on it. You, you know, the the thing being is that there's always and should always be compassion for any any person who uh, is whether they misguided or you know sinister in their thoughts or, or what have you, but I, I would refuse to take the path of, of of a Trumpian and act like people don't matter. So it was painful to hear that young man's story, knowing that he was articulating the the all the myths and the rumors and the lies. That that people still currently here today, and then to know that he expired, and with with this Delta variant, uh, it, it, it clinically okay. They say ninety nine percent of the people who go on that ventilator will expire and die. All right. Now you you said something earlier, Jay, about people who are vaccinated they meet uh, they they also meet their death. Uh, it's less than one percent. But then also what they have indicated is that there are always those extenuating circumstances that's coupled, not just necessarily COVID. Right. So we know that we can attract – we know that we can get the COVID. But you know, yeah. the piece that goes with me is this here. February 2020, I got my first dose of, of the vaccine, and the relief that I felt after getting that vaccination was a sigh and a relief, man, that no person will physically and emotionally ever know. Because, again, I know that I have a compromised system. Um I'm, I'm going to take you back to December of 19, okay, where the doctors tell me exactly what I had because – if you remember what they said, they said at that point in time, it wasn't until January February where they even started referencing as, as COVID. But I ended up with, with, with pneumonia on two different occasions, okay, and mm. couldn't get well and, and, and eventually uh, had to go to a pulmonary. I tell you what, to this very day, I still take an inhaler. Before that, I had no issues. I had right. no issues. So I I, I believe that the, the, the continuance of, of the aftereffects um, still placates play, play, me today. So when I was able to get that vaccination, it was a relief. Now, I still try to to, to do the right thing and, and be safe and stuff. Even, you know, the people that, that I serve at my workplace, you know, right. there's no mandate that they get vaccinated, but it's a mandate that if you don't get vaccinated, then you have to test. Now what's happening is that the individuals who are not vaccinated are now impacting the people who do the test at at, at my work location. So you know I'm, I'm mixed in in my message in the sense that you know I will always show compassion right. for individuals who are are, are in suffrage, uh, regardless of of how they got there. I'm going to always show that compassion. But at the same time, I take the mindset that that of restricting where I go, then Mm -hmm. don't let them go anywhere. I mean, at Mm -hmm. some point we have to set back and, and, and determine that, you know what, who's really at risk and who's at fault. You look at the airline Mm -hmm. situations where they they have went up exponentially. I look at people coming in in, in the mall, and they all typically look the same and act the same when they just come brashly and boldly up in some place with no mask on, like, say something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so it's that arrogancy, and it's that mindset that was depicted from this last reprobate who sat back and – I mean, who politicizes wearing masks and taking vaccinations but a fool? And that's what we did. So now you got neighbors in people's faces coughing in each other. I mean, it is it is just hysterical, man. And then having school age kids, I'm sitting up here and and they were sending correspondence saying that okay, if, if if you don't show your immune records by this by this grade here, your kids can't come to school. But yet but yet we sat back and we debate the vaccination but but there's but there's already vaccines that if you don't have right. it by a certain grade, you can't even go to school.
4: It's just you're right about of it. it all. You're you're right. And here's the thing that, that gets me and I think that's the reason why I wanted to talk about it was the fact that you, you talked about how people are walking. You know, I go I'm in Home Depot all the time. They come in there, you know, like, Hey, I don't have my mask on. I'm gonna do what I wanna do and uh you can't do anything about it. You know, in Texas is now fully open. Uh, thank God that we have a democratic uh mayor and he has you still see people when I go into stores. Most people, I would say, probably ninety percent of the people in the stores are vaccinated. Now, Jackie, I know you got to get out of here. I want to get some comments from you before you get before you get going. Um, I pose the same question to you. I, I, I mean, just because you have folks that walk around like, look, these are my rights. The government can't tell me what to do, but these are the same people telling women what they can do with their bodies. You know, that's just a whole different, I've digressed, that's just a whole different conversation within itself, and we've had that conversation before. The hypocrisy, Johnny D just pointed out, once again, there are certain uh, vaccines that your kids have to have before they come to school, and nobody cried about that until Donald Trump made this a political issue. Now, people are dying because of his falsehoods, and the reason why I'm thinking, okay, and I'm not I'm not going to say I'm thinking. The reason why the topic is, look, if you're going to be ridiculous enough to believe all that nonsense, you know, so be it. But you represent a different uh, segment of folks. It's not the fact that you don't believe the science. You know, your moral compass and your guidance uh, lies elsewhere. Give me a thought on this topic before you have to get out of here.
15: Uh,
2: Well, definitely me. Still speaking because I still haven't, as of yet, haven't been vaccinated. I think it's just a matter of just who's. Because I know uh, Biden said that this was a, a a pandemic of the unvaccinated, which I don't really agree. I think it's a it's a pandemic of the irresponsible. See, I'm not. But for those people are the unvaccinated,
4: uh, I think, no, I listen, I hear what you're saying, but what he's saying is I think both of y'all are right. I, I mean, yeah, I'm
2: not for anybody like being, you know, like I said, being irresponsible. See, me, I wouldn't go out, you know, I do my masks, I do my COVID test. See, I'm not for anybody being ir, ir, irresponsible with, right. on, on either side. That's all I'm trying to say. It's kind of hard to... Um, I'm not for lumping all unvaccinated people into this one category. Right. You can do that for vaccinated people. You know, it's it's How to so? me, it's about being responsible. I mean, well, everybody I mean, should be at least wearing masks. I don't care whether you're vaccinated or not. Everybody, to me, should be wearing masks. Yeah.
15: I mean, doing what money. you
2: and within the realm of how you stand, with say like for me being unvaccinated, I wear my mask. I get my COVID test. I I COVID test every week.
4: Right.
2: You know. Well, I,
4: you're, you're you're right. You're, you're right. I think there are two different categories of people. People yeah, who are that's, unresponsive, that's all, and, and that's, that's why all, I said where we
2: get the problem is is lumping everybody into this one place. Right. And, and that's why I I'm not when I anybody you. being irresponsible. Like the, the people you're talking about, you know, they going on without masks, talking about we're going to do what we want to do. You know what? <laughs> See, I'm not talking about being irresponsible.
13: Right, that's right, right.
2: irresponsible. I,
13: no, I, I, I get wouldn't it. I do get
2: that. It. You know, respect respect the rules, respect the protocols. Definitely if you're not vaccinated, respect the rules and the protocols.
15: Right,
4: right, right. I, you know? I get it, Jackie. Now, 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 and that's the reason why I introduced you the way I did, the fact that, you know, you're right. You break them down. You have people who are just like, I'm going to do what I want to do
15: and yeah, I'm going to live that's my life. Impossible.
4: Yeah, and then you have that's, people who are, people are just,
2: irresponsible, and you're going to get what you're going to get. In that case, you have being irresponsible like that. But everybody right. who's unvaccinated is not in that category. I'm not. I got it. I wear my mask. I do my COVID tests. I'm doing what I can until I'm ready to vaccinate. I'm doing what I can to protect myself and others.
4: And and that's what you're supposed to do, and we applaud you for taking those measures. Uh, So if you have to get out of here, I definitely understand and I appreciate your participation participation (laughs) this morning. Five minutes left in the segment. Let me get your thoughts on this one, Jerome. Uh, Should we be feeling sorry for folks who are – you know, who are walking around here saying, look, I'm going to cough you because I have the right to do this, or I'm just going to live my life and you can't tell me what to do. So when they pass away, you know, should we be sitting around here mourning their deaths? I mean, or should we say, hey, you know what, you had the information like we had the information, you know, see you.
1: Yeah, well, you know, our humanity is intact. So, yes, you can, I think that, you know, when someone passes, you do really have to let the circumstances of their passing go But you don't right. celebrate them Like they're, you know, in a hero kind of sense That they're taking pride in not doing something So yes, you know, our humanity is intact I think any soul that's lost We pray for for lost souls But I don't, if you're stupid enough To do something so reckless while you're living Then I am not going to feel sorry for you at all Like ever, you know But we we do you know, I, I can't say that when someone passes, that you know, you call them names or or we we you know just kind of take the burden on poking the fact that they were crazy or or that their beliefs is what it was. We literally have to let people live in whatever state that they choose to live in, but we just have to remember that if they if they're infringing on your space, then technically. You know, you get the right to feel how you feel. So I don't feel sorry right. for anybody who's going around coughing right. on anybody, for example. But when someone passes, I don't I don't know about dumping on anybody who's a lost soul.
4: Well, I don't know if you know, maybe the word dumping is not okay, but you just said something that I know I had a conversation with someone and they felt, you know, What you just said about if you want to do something stupid and reckless and you lose your life, then so be it. You know, I'm not going to call you a name on your way in the grave, but I'm not going to sit here and feel – All that sorry for you because you had the information. I know a person who is very adamant about that, and he just flat out says that it's stupidity if you're not getting, with all the information out there, if you're not getting vaccinated, then so be it. And he was like, don't get in front of the cameras now trying to urge people to, to get vaccinated when you've probably vaccinated everybody you've been, I mean, you've probably contaminated everybody you were in contact with. Now you're on your way out. You want to send a message from your deathbed. I mean, he was really adamant about this. So, so like you said, I'm not, you know, me personally. I feel the loss for anyone who dies, you know. But this guy having this conversation and reading some of this stuff got me intrigued, and I, I said, well, let me let me ask my family to see what they think about it. So, you don't think this falls into that category? Does that guy have the right? And I'll extend it a few more minutes, Mr. Dale to so get your comments. The, it, it, you don't think that guy has the right to feel that way, man? About? people that are not being vaccinated because they're walking amongst folks who are doing the right thing.
5: Yes, yes, you do have the
1: right to feel like that. I, I feel, I, I'm i like, you know, like you said, even if they don't have a mask on, and, I mean, if you've been vaccinated, you should be conscious about um, coughing and breathing and sneezing on people. That is irresponsible. So, no, I don't I don't feel like I have any compassion for those people who do that. They're they're risking everybody else's health because they are selfish. So, no, I, 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 I don't. Um, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying when someone passes, that's a little bit different. But I'm saying in the meantime, the alive idiots um, need to be responsible.
4: Yeah, yeah, interesting. Mr. Elias, man, uh, I'll give you. It's, it's yours, brother. We'll take three minutes. We'll dig into something else we'll move time around. It's all yours, man.
15: What you have to say about it? I can't, can't wait to hear what you have to say
4: about this.
13: Well, this is my thought process, man. We, we, it, it depends on the person and and and, and the situation. That, that's that's okay. where I, I leave it. But some some well, of give the guys me two I work with.
4: Yeah, give me two. Give me one of. Those. With,
13: yeah. Nah. Go ahead. I would I would move on and and and, and you know, I wouldn't think <laughs> twice about it because these are the same people that walk around without, them, and you know, they, they have to be threatened to get written up. They have to be threatened to put on a mask. They don't want to put on a mask. They don't want to be vaccinated, you know. And they walk around like, oh, so what? And then, and then, you know, if we go into the office to uh, order stuff, and we going to start to order, it's only supposed to be two people allowed in there at a time. There's six or seven of them in there. And it's usually people that are unvaccinated. And these six or seven people don't have on a mask. And the office is... It's not a big office; it's a small office, so right. they don't care. They they don't care, and, and half these people are, 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 are overweight. They got asthma. They got diabetes. They got all kind of ailments, and they show asthma, all the, pre, all, the, the was, all the
4: preconditions.
13: Uh. <laughs> all the preconditions, and they say it's a falsehood. They don't care this and that, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, dude, if it happens, eh, sorry. Uh, you know, and I'll, I'll walk on. But if there's somebody that's wearing a mask that's just afraid to get the vaccine because they're, you know, got their, got their, you know, their, you know, they're, I don't know if I want to do it. I understand.
4: I get it. Well, like most African Americans, right? They're
13: taking a precaution
4: huh? Right, like most African, like African Americans who are yeah, a little hesitant because understand. of what has they, happened in the African- past Americans. with the government. Yeah.
13: They're apprehensive about getting it. I understand that. I do. I truly understand it. But if you're one of those type of people that walk around like some clowns at my job, yeah, okay, have a good one, bro. Take it easy. I
4: knew it. I, see I knew Ms. Elias wouldn't let me down. <laughs> He's like, yeah, whatever, I, I, I'm, dude.
13: I'm just, just going to be honest with you. <laughs> hey, you don't care. You At that point in time, you don't care about me. You could pass yeah. it on to me. Right. So why should right. I care about you if you don't care about me? I'm I'm just, yeah. I'm reciprocating what you're giving, my brother.
4: <laughs> there it is, the man himself. It's the L to the E to the S. All right, we're going to step out. It is Marietta Music's Corner coming up next. It's the serious side on a beautiful Sunday. Seven minutes after the hour, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio, at its best.
6: You are listening to the you TJRS to the Radio Network.
16: can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. Right. Smallest right.
13: moments can have the biggest right. impact on a child's, right. child's right. life.
16: Right. A right. little right. bit right. rowdy. Right.
13: Take time to be a dad
16: today. Oh those, oh, those boys are much too much. much. Those, those boys are much, too much. Boys are
9: much <laughs> too much. Online radio at its best. Armed with a federal arrest warrant, prosecutors say Laundry used someone else's debit card, knowingly and with intent to defraud, taking $1,000 or more in the days following the last reported sighting of Petito.
8: It's a scary headline for the front page of Boulder, Colorado's small-town daily newspaper. A warning from the mother of a little beauty queen, JonBenet Ramsey, who was murdered in her own home sometime Christmas night. It's the
1: mystery that won't go away. And now, new but unconfirmed reports say DNA tests show that the remains of missing teenager Nathan Holloway may have been
12: found.
4: Twelve minutes after the hour, welcome back here to the Serious side of the J. Riles Show. David Robinson has been in Arizona for the last three months searching for his 24-year-old son, Daniel Robinson, who went missing after leaving a work site in the desert in his Jeep, Renegade, on June 23rd. Robinson, who lives in South Carolina, hired an independent investigator and assembled a volunteer searching team when he says he felt that the police weren't making any progress in the investigation. Mm-hmm. He also says he failed to get the amount of media coverage he believed the case deserved. The case was reported by local media as early as July 9th. Robinson said he sympathized with the family of Gabby Petito, whose remains were re- recovered Sunday after she disappeared while exploring parks in Wyoming, prompting a highly publicized search. Still, Robinson says it's hurtful to see a young white woman's case meet with so much, met with so much urgency on the a national attention that his son, who's black, never received. Let's uh, start the conversation right there. Uh, if you heard in the hit, you know, John JonBenet Ramsey, Natalie Holloway, just to name a few. Uh, all these cases, Elizabeth Smart, when these people went missing, the nation was uh, uh, was rallied together, people were out putting, you know, uh, ribbons on trees, and doing all these different things. But uh, I remember us I doing a show a few years back that we talked about the number of African-American women missing and nothing. Silence. Uh, not the national attention that uh, they deserve. You no, know, Jerome, let me start with you. Um, you know, in 2020, there were over 500,000 missing people. 40% of them were black. Can you name any of them? No. And that's the shame. So where are we yeah. at in a, as a nation, Jerome? I know you can, but I'm just saying, I bet yeah. you we can get four people who can call into this show and can't name one of them. Now, they probably can go and search it right now, but I'm here to tell you that they can't name them off the top of, uh, of their head. And l- let me be honest with you, I can't either. And I remember, you know, Mr. Elias remembers this, the J. Riles show, we used to uh, have a partnership with, uh, you know, Peas uh, of Pod. We used to, every, every show we would play... Um, We need to probably start doing that again. We play a story of a missing African American person to try to 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 get it out there in the public, and that's something that we need to revisit. But, but Jerome, what's up with this man? Yeah,
15: yeah.
1: Like you said, fifty thousand people have gone missing in two thousand and twenty. Forty percent are people of color, and thirty five percent are black, right? And so we're not even talking about the Native American folks who are in that number. Who never? Exactly. I mean, nobody ever mentions him as well. So we have a problem again. So it was what we talked about in the last segment: the 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 same thing of pathology. Like you have editors and news editors and and um, you know people who put out news that are picking and choosing who they want to focus on. So if there's somebody of color, they're like, yeah, right. If Somebody Cuban coming over on a boat It's like, oh my gosh, look at the Cuban people They're hurting And then if they come over from Haiti Then they're like, eh <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, we need to understand how This is woven into the fabric Of this country And how our mindset um, Favors one side or the other Because we don't control Any of these outlets And I don't think, you know, honestly I don't think we can, Right And I think that when it comes to media or movies or Hollywood, it is very difficult unless you're doing, you know, I'm not dumping on these people, by the way, but unless you're doing buffoonery, then you can't get the outlets to support whatever it is that you're doing. They just don't have the interest It's not in them. So, but when it comes to, you know, little Sarah fell down the well, it will be blasting on your, on your emergency broadcast network all day. I don't know what the answer is to that question. I'm just kind of making, you know, an observation of wellness, right? We don't take people of color serious whether they are, you know, winning a spelling bee or if somebody ends up missing. And and I think it's a bigger problem than than it sounds. Like if five hundred thousand people over five hundred thousand people just went missing last year and we only hear about three, that's problematic. That means that we're kind of like flip about when people go missing. Hmm.
4: It's interesting, you bring it, you you put it in that perspective. Um, you know, Mr. Elias, uh, remember the young lady in Chicago ended up missing, and they found her dead. Um, you know, we talked about it on the show when it happened, and uh, I think I saw maybe on MSNBC they had a little story, but it wasn't something that you know. Every time the the the, the rescue team goes out there, cameras and you know, now we're listening to the mom and and all this different thing. It's just the fact that. Uh, People are more interested in young ladies who are blue eyed and uh blonde and, and let me let me say this I, because i can I can feel the comments coming now. Let me tell you something we there's no way I hurt and grieve for her family we don't want anyone to be killed and murdered or anything like that all we 're asking for is what we always ask for on this show just fair play you know I remember someone. Getting on us when we pointed out the reason why we have a Miss Black America pageant versus just a Miss America pageant. We have to do things to, to to try to isolate and try to make sure our people get noticed. So don't come at it as we're trying to be, you know, you know, where we hate white people. No, we're trying to get the recognition that white people are not giving us. Ms. Elias, give me your thoughts on this.
13: Well, you know, Jay, that, that's that's you know, man, look. There, there's been a postal worker, man. This woman has been missing for three years. She was pregnant, and they have yet to find this woman yet. There's been two young girls in Chicago that have been missing since the late '90s, man. That they they Diamond and I can't remember. I got I can't remember the girl's name. It it, it, just, it just escapes me. But they've been missing since the late '90s, and every year, uh, you know, when at, at the anniversary, of those girls coming up missing. They always have a news story about it, but our children, you know they're they're not giving a fair shake on the news about this, you know, and let's call it what it is you know if, if you know <laughs> if they were a different color and had money they would they would they would they would be out there you know this this young man has been missing in Arizona for for since the late later part of June. And now, you know, you're just not hearing about it? Really? This is, this is unbelievable, man. Anybody that's missing, if you look at my Facebook page, I don't care whether you're black, white, green, or whatever color you are, if I see somebody that posts something that says a child is missing or someone's missing, I don't care what color you are, I repost it. Because it's all lives are important, man. You don't just, you don't decide because it's, it's a, a blonde hair and blue eyes that you're going to post that. You you post every child that's missing, every child. I don't care. It, it, to me, it makes no sense,
15: because these people
13: have families who care about them and love them and want these people to be found. That's what this, I, I, I just don't understand, it you can't get me to understand that at
4: all. John, give me your thoughts on this.
12: You know there is a a program that I watch nightly. Uh, the only time it doesn't come on is on Saturday, Sunday, but it's on the BNC channel, and the young lady name is Yodit Tewaldy, and she does a nightly features called Making the Case with Yodit, and um, I watched that um, prior to me leaving in the morning. It, it comes on I think seven o'clock at night, uh, but typically I'm at work and. I'm normally watching it when I get up and deal with my pup. But they, they show a, a, a segment of just missing uh, African-American children. And and I will be honest with you, um, I make it a point every morning before I go out um, to make sure that I, I my presence is graced over my family. And I kiss the foreheads of all of them prior to me leaving because I understand that just with with the life cycle that that may not be an opportunity to present itself. That's why you know I, I make it a point. Uh, me, me and me and me and my wife we we don't we don't lay our heads on that pillow with any disgruntlement or disagreement. And we don't we talk it out if, if if there is um or what have you. Thank God is not always, but you know, it there, there's those opportunities. So what you say and who you say it to uh, always always remember that moment. But one morning, I remember uh, this this collage of young ladies' faces that was just coming in the stories behind it, and I began to weep because I can't imagine as a parent, man, to sit back and go through the trauma of not knowing. Okay, not knowing is painful. So the reality of it is that yeah, there is a huge disparity in the coverage. That's known. We don't we don't even have to argue that point right there. We don't even have to make it. Make 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 any claim of, of, of equality because there is no equality. This has been known for years. I remember back in 2003, 2004, where the uh, young lady, she was an African-American reporter on CNN, and she said she, – she made the quote um, about similarities, uh, and I think at that time it was uh, Natalie Holloway, and she she made the comparison you know about the coverage about African American and and the the uh, I think it was a senator it was a female senator and I mean she looked so dumbfounded like wow no she didn't just put me on the spot like that but it's the truth though but I know where hers was coming from it was coming from the pain of having a missing relative I mean imagine that man what whether you're black white green or blue having someone in your family that's missing and you not knowing what anguish they're going through, where they at, or what have you. There is a lot of devices uh, that now where you can track people. I strongly suggest, you know, we, we get into our rut. We don't keep up with people, but the disparities are there. We won't argue the point. But if you check out the BNC, uh, the Black News Channel, and it's called Making a Case with, with Yodi, Yodi Tuwaldi likes to say at the end of her, her show, they run a segment. And there's activist ways to get involved with with that movement and stuff, but like I say, for as as, as a parent, as as a husband, as a brother, as as, as a worker, uh, it it pains me to think, man, that that happens at the magnitude that it does, and then you you add that sex trafficking in. I mean, this is a bigger issue than what we will ever really fully understand. But as as brother Jerome pointed out, the disparity, those numbers are real. Okay. 2020 statistical data say African Americans are 13% of the population, but yet they're they're, they're nearly 35% of the missing people. Those are real numbers right there. That's factual, folks, and those are the ones that they know about that was reported. But what what happens is that typically being in that community, and I've seen this here, uh, working with with, with troubled youth and stuff, there is a certain – Laws that certain states have, where you got to be missing for 24 to 48 hours before they even consider you as a missing person. I mean, do you understand what can happen in that time period? The trail yeah. that can be, uh, that can become cold. And these, and 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 who does it apply to mostly? Some young black female who they think okay is rebellious and she just ran away.
4: So yeah. it
12: is a problem, and and the data doesn't lie.
4: You're right about that, John. Uh, the bottom line is that it's always a situation where they think young African-American women are runaways or it's something dealing with crime. It really doesn't get the attention that it deserves, and it's unfortunate. But we're going to continue to try to make sure that we are not a part of they, and we're going make sure that we get that information out. All right, coming up next, it is another edition of Marietta Music's Corner. And we're going to do something a little different. It's football season, we have some NFL picks coming up soon as well. Keep it right here. It's the serious side of the J. Raul Show. Happy every Sunday morning right here on the DJRS Radio Network online radio. It's best. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere.
11: are listening
9: to
15: the TJRS radio network welcome back in
4: it is 32 minutes after the hour you listening to the serious side of the J Roush show which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS radio network online radio and it it's best for well, one of my favorite Luther Vandross songs this time to say good morning to the fellas in the house what's up Johnny D in the place to be good morning how are you sir
12: I'm doing well,
4: doing well. Yeah, doing well. Mr. Jerome free is in the house as well. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing? Yes, sir. I'm good, man. How you doing? It's just another day in paradise, my friend. No palm trees. The man who gets the first and L. last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, my brother. How are you?
13: Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, NASA. Good morning, Mr. Spencer. Good morning, good morning B. One Good morning, Mariana Music. And Mariana Music, that last song was in it. The Hard and of course that was by Luther Bandros. And the other song was You Are My Heaven by uh
4: Johnny Hathaway ooh. and Roberta Flack. Come on, man.
13: I was look, 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 I was gonna say by my father in law, Johnny Hathaway oh. and Roberta Flack. Okay. Stop there, bro. Good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, my brother Jerome. Boy, I am so interrupted.
4: My bad. Good my morning, bad. good my morning. My morning. morning. I'll follow my sword, Mr. Bell. Yes, I'll follow my sword. Can we say hello <laughs> to the people in the chat room if you don't mind, sir? Of course
13: you got my brother Covino man in there, and Yard Jockey is in there with
4: us. What's up, brothers? Hanging, holding it down. What's up to the pastor? He's in the house. Rebecca uh is in the house. Now I cannot say this name, so I'm just gonna call you. Yes. What's up, <laughs> Uh Also, what's up to Sabrina? Uh, Carl, uh, my goodness. Uh, Bryant, so many people listening. Thank you so much for being a part of what we do. Now, I teased this before we left the last segment. You know, during football season, we always have football picks. And so I think during the season, during this time of the show, since we have a few minutes, why don't we take the opportunity hey to uh, pick some football. So, without any further ado. It is time for our football picks. We're going to pick six games today. And now, before we keep, keep moving forward, the first time we picked, everybody went one and one. Everybody went one and one. So, everybody's one and one. It's a brand new slate. And so, now it is time to pick our games for the week. First up on the docket is Saints. Patriots, Mr. Elias, who
13: you got? I'm going with the Saints on that one, Jay. You're going with the Saints.
4: Uh-oh. Going with the Saints. What about you, Johnny D? Who you, who you got? Who you with? Who
12: that? Ah, uh, Patriots. Pa- Patriots. Look at this dude,
4: man. He's a sucker for love. What about you, Jerome?
1: Who you going with? Come on, man. You already know it won't be Patriots. Nick. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you
15: know who I'm not? going
4: with <laughs> Exactly. I'm going with the Saints as well. Alright, next game. Chargers Chiefs. All right, Johnny D, who you got, man?
12: Chiefs, they got a rebound this week. Okay. What about you, Jerome? Chief. Chief, Chief.
4: All right, Mr. Elias, I already know no, where you're going no. with this, so we're just going to put a C yeah, in your yeah, column. Yeah yeah, 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 And, you know, I'm with yeah. the Chiefs as well. All right. So, so far, Johnny D is the lone Wolf in the first beat. All right, Packers 49ers. Who you got, Jerome? 49ers. Really? Okay. All right. What about you, Mr. Elias? I, Who you got? I'm I, 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 I to be uh, on this
13: one, the 49ers. Okay, Jerome, was why do you the have Mr. the 49ers? 49ers? Give
4: me your – Give me, your, give me your analysis why you're picking the 49ers here. Because I think there's some chaos
1: in the locker room with the Packers yeah. that we never know how yeah. they're going to play on any, any given day. Oh,
13: ah, look at and, them. And, have and a little and bit a of here. the 49ers defense is unbelievable this year. They got a the nice defense this year. Yeah. And, 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 miss and, miss and yes. Yeah. Yeah. going to on that one, baby.
12: Okay. All right. What about you, Johnny? Who you got, bro? Right, so t- tell me what stadium they playing in. <laughs> hey, tell you what stadium they playing in. What
4: difference? Is it? Okay, they're playing it. They're playing uh, in Kansas City. Oh, no, I'm sorry, they are playing yeah, in in, uh, in uh, San Francisco. My bad. Sorry, it's San oh, Francisco. Man, My bad. Man, I, 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 the 49ers. Really? I think I'm going to be the long wolf on this. I'm going with Green Bay, even though I can't stand them. I'm going to be the long wolf. Ow! I Bengals Steelers. Uh, Johnny, we already know where you're going, so we'll just skip you. What about you, uh, Jerome? Hello. Killer. Uh-oh, Jerome. Ben Roethlisberger is out, mind you, but still going to Steelers. Okay, what about you, Mr. Elliott? Ah! Yeah, since Ben is out, I'm going with
13: the Bengals, man. I'm going with the Bengals.
4: Mm-hmm. Go. Are you, so, so you go with the Bengals. The Bengals. Okay, you go with the Bengals. I'm, I'm going with the Bengals. I'm going with the Bengals as well. Me and you on the same horse this week. All right. What about the Eagles? Cowboys. Last pick for the week. What about you, Mr. Mm-hmm. Jennings? Who you with?
13: I am going with the Cowboys on that one, Jeff.
12: Sucker. What about you, uh, Johnny?
15: <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> because
12: I, I'm competitive. I will root for the Cowboys. I I think they solid offensively and and don't have to do a whole lot uh, defensively to to, to, to win this game here. Hold up, hold up. A Steelers fan is voting for the
4: Cowboys. They should kick you out of Steelers Nation. But well, well no. Put it you down. know
12: what? Now, now, I I will tell you this right here. When I when I went for New England, that should have been the shot. But see, the Saints haven't. Yeah. The Saints are still it displaced, is. man. That's that's the thing. They displaced, and at some point, you got to get home and get your home base. So, I think that they just got a little disshufflement New England and that one, Dallas, and this one. So, yeah, that that's outside the norm. But I like the win.
4: Oh, man, you know what, man? You are you are a disgrace to steal a nation. I will Steelers fans just for this. All right, what about you, Jerome? Who you going with, bro? You know, I okay, fine. I'm
1: going to go. I went with the Eagles last week. I will go with the Cowboys.
4: Oh, man. Oh, I know. I know. I'm rolling Roll, you, loose, baby. you know, I know. Who I'm going with. I'm rolling with the Eagles, baby. Y'all are traitors. Right? Oh, here's the last game of the week. Let's do one more. Seahawks-Vikings. Johnny D, who you got in that one?
2: Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Okay,
4: what about you? What about you, Jerome Rowe? Yes, Seahawks. I'm with Seahawks. What about you, Mr. Elias? Seahawks as well, Jay. And we're going to make it a clean sweep because I'm not dealing with anything dealing with uh, those unvaccinated Minnesota Vikings. All right, that <laughs> is it for the week. We'll step out. We'll be right back after this.
10: America is starting to breathe again. A decent man as president. A plan to protect us. It feels almost normal, but it's not. Republicans still will not admit that President Biden was legally elected, which means they don't believe in democracy. They believe an election is only legitimate if they win. That's not democracy. Their plan pass voter suppression bills to block minorities from voting, take back Congress, impeach President Biden. We refuse. We
8: refuse to accept
10: the end of the American experiment. We refuse to allow anti-democratic autocrats to steal our country. We choose to fight,
12: and we will not lose. Join us.
9: they kind of brush it off as uh, an incident that kind of just happens. Well, it doesn't just kind of happen that a child goes to school and um, uh, teaching staff uh, decides to cut her hair. The environment and the culture at Mount Pleasant School District obviously needs to change because there's no way that a school district in 2021 should think that cutting a minor child's hair at school is not a big deal.
4: Welcome back in the father of seven-year-old of a seven-year-old Michigan girl whose hair was cut by a teacher without her parents permission has filed a 1 million dollar lawsuit against the school's district a librarian and a teacher's assistant the lawsuit was filed Tuesday in federal court in Grand Rapids against Mount Pleasant Public Schools according to uh, ml it alleges that the biracial girls constitutional rights were violated racial discrimination ethnic. Ethic intimidation and intentionally infliction of emotional distress and assault and battery. Jimmy Hoffmeyer, who is black and white, said that in March his daughter arrived home from school with much of her hair on one side cut off. Judy said a classmate used scissors to cut her hair on the school bus and Hoffmeyer just thought it was just kids being kids. But then when she came back home and her hair was cut, that's when he filed a lawsuit. Let's, uh, Let's get into this. We have five minutes to talk about it. Um, let me let me start with you on this one, uh, Jerome. You know, we've had stories like this in the past where people, where kids, were told to cut their hair because it looked too ethnic, or whatever the case may be. I, I thought that this case was interesting because how. Teachers feel they have the right just to do what they want to do. They're not really – you know, they say they're your kids, but they're not really your kids. They have parents. You just can't go and cut some kid's hair uh, because you think it's the right thing to do. Give me your thoughts on this one real quick. Yeah, there's no way that you can –
1: okay, put it this way. I don't think you can go as a kid to a, a barber shop like a, like a regular, like a super cut right. like a chain, and they will cut your hair without your parents' consent. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can do anything to a child's body at all. And their hair is a part of their body. I don't think you can do anything that they don't get consent from the parents. And so this should be pretty easy for the court just to determine what damage are. Now, again, we're dealing under, you know, colonialism when it comes down to who has the right to do what to whom. So sometimes people assume authority over people's bodies kind of the abortion kind of fight of the world right it's like oh we we just want to tell you what to do and some people think that that's okay but you should not under no circumstances actually take somebody's child and alter their appearance without permission from their parents at all ever so if you want to get a tattoo or or paint their fingernails, I think you need to get permission. You cannot do stuff to children, and they shouldn't encourage that at all. That is somebody else's decision what to do. It's kind of like the referee. I think he got suspended making this kid cut their hair in, at a game. Exactly.
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's interesting, it, but it's, it's, it is as simple as that, Johnny, right? Like like Jerome said, you know, it's as simple as that. You can't put your hands and do anything to a kid, especially, you know, cut their hair without talking to their parents. We have two minutes. Johnny, give me your thoughts on this.
12: No, nah, not at all. You know, it, it, it's something real peculiar about this situation and scenario. Uh, I read a couple of weeks ago. I actually thought we was going to talk about this a couple of weeks ago. And I read where the, the the little girl apparently said, "Hey, I want my hair cut." Father didn't take a whole lot of offense to it until, um, "Is it a, is it a black white thing?" Now it's a principal thing, you know, it, it's, it's things right. that you don't do as as a teacher. Um, the race component, race element, don't know enough about it with the follow up to determine that. But it's the wrong thing to do. But it's something real peculiar about the whole circumstances and. Uh, I think at some point it'll come out, particularly with this million dollar lawsuit. Mr. Dolly, you get the last word. You
13: just—I mean, totally disrespect, man. You don't touch another person's child, man, unless you have permission. Bottom line, you're going to be sued, and this—this is, this is just—I probably this is this is the environment we live in. You know, I remember going to school and hell, hell, I, I get paddled in school. You can't do that anymore. So. You know they're gonna lose this case and and the bottom line is just a certain amount of respect you gotta have for a child for you to just you know for the for that parent uh to just bring their and to bring their child in and just cut their hair off man really 'cause you you know 'cause that's that's what you felt no she never do anything like that, man, nothing, nothing even close to it.
4: I tell you what, that palette in school, that's something that we may need to talk about because uh, we used to get it in school too. I don't know. I I guess, I think we did a show on this a few years back, but, uh, uh, it's interesting i'd like to revisit that topic and see how people feel in this day and age about Palin, because i know what i was getting it done to me i didn't think it was a good thing but you know if someone you know uh hold, give me some truth <laughs> to, to him, i would say it was probably probably the best thing that ever happened to me to be honest with you keeping me in straight keeping me straight with what agree. i have to do yeah
15: mm-hmm. all
4: right uh we'll talk about it on another day it's time for an npr news update uh stage case and final thoughts all they're coming next right here on the side
8: this message comes from NPR sponsor Cindio. their pay equity platform helps you analyze and resolve pay disparities with ongoing fair pay insight that stop issues before they start Cindio lead the way in fair pay to find out more visit cindio.com.
9: After thousands of migrants were moved away from an encampment at an international bridge in Del Rio, Texas, the border crossing has partially reopened for trade and travel. Customs and Border Protection says it will reopen in full for all cargo traffic by tomorrow. Since its closure on September 17th, traffic was rerouted on the U.S. side to Eagle Pass some 60 miles away. The U.S. has deported many of the migrants back to Haiti or moved them to other processing centers, citing a pandemic public health law. Some of the migrants seeking asylum are now gathered on the Mexican side, across the Rio Grande. As the Ryder Cup enters its final day at Whistling Straits in Wisconsin... Chuck Kornbach of member station WUWM in Milwaukee reports, the U.S. team holds a six-point lead over its European opponents.
8: The United States only needs three and a half points out of a possible 12 during individual matches Sunday to win the 43rd Ryder Cup competition. But team captain Steve Stricker says he's told his squad that the battle isn't over yet. We're totally focused on what we need to do to get the job done. European star John Rahm notes Europe made a big comeback on the last day of the 2012 competition. We get a good
5: start, you know, like it happened in
8: 2012, and you know things start going our way. You never know. Being down by six, a European win would be the largest Sunday comeback in Ryder Cup history. For NPR News, I'm Chuck Permbach in Milwaukee.
9: I'm Amy Held in Washington. It's NPR News.
6: What does it take to start something from nothing? And what does it take to actually build it? I'm Guy Raz. Every week on How I Built This, I speak with founders behind some of the most inspiring companies in the world. NPR's How I Built This, listen now.
4: All right, welcome back in. It is time for the stage of Kate's. final comments from the world-famous chat room and from uh, the social media sites that we've monitored throughout the show. I have a few here I want to read. Pastor Steve says, peace and blessings, family. Great show this morning, especially the first segment. What a plethora of useful information. Thank you, family, for what you do every well, almost every Sunday morning. Your listeners should be indebted to you. Pastor, thank you, except for your little smart remark but, you know, praise Jesus. All right, Dorian uh, from Palm Springs, Palm Springs, Florida. Good morning, TJRS Network. Crazy, crazy. You're topping on COVID and people dying. I was having those thoughts earlier this week. I can see people saying good riddance to those who refuse to get vaccinated. You have the information. Stop endangering others with your ignorance. Wow. Dorian, man? Pull up, brother. Some people are legitimately concerned about what people other people are putting into their bodies, so don't come down on them that hard. I mean, come on, brother. Give him a break. Uh, Brian from San Antonio. He says, thanks, Jay, for your clarity on the Nicki Minaj topic. For My clarity on the Nicki okay. topic. Uh, man, so many things I want to say, but I know I need to be brief. Okay, let's go with blonde hair and blue eyes. Topic. I agree with you, Jay. Y'all need to start highlighting missing people of color on this show. I've gone back and listened to some of your old shows, which are funny as hell, by the way, and thank you for telling us about them. And you used to feature people missing of color. Please return to that format. You are a voice and we need our people to represent our people. Okay, Brian, well, uh, I appreciate that, and we'll definitely start making the connections because we had a uh, connection with um, uh, of an organization, and we would get that information from them. We even had the founder on a few times, right, Ms. Delia, in the past. So I guess what we really need to do is reach back out and make that connection and see yeah. can we start illustrating people uh, of color who are missing. You're right, we used to do this, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring it back up because I think it's important. And on that note,
11: online radio
15: at best.
4: Folks, it is time for our final thoughts. And uh, since it's nothing but the boys club this morning, Johnny D in the place to be, my brother, man, you get to get final thoughts first. Final thoughts, man.
12: All right. So I got, a, got some things to say. Um, to President Biden and his administration, we can't continuously to default on Trump-era policies when things don't go right. Afghanistan, the, the deadline on the removal of troops, and now utilization of this Title 42 to deport the asylum seekers from Haiti. He was an immoral person, an immoral leader, and to default to utilizing his policies is shameful and saddening to me at, at best. Um, I know that this administration is better than that, and what we've got to do is govern voting rights, uh, John Lewis, the, the, uh, the People's Act, and we've got to address school violence. I know in, in this great state since the start of school and some and you know, the latter part of August, there have been five shootings at schools and universities, uh, within this state. And that's happening throughout the nation. So we've got to get out there and, and if we really care about our youth and our and our and our kids and education, then we've got to start making some, some strides in those areas. So to everyone, I appreciate you. I always, again, enjoy the opportunity to be part of you. And know, I don't take for granted um, uh, to Brother Jerome, Brother Les, uh, Brother Jay, and to Miss Vanessa and Miss Rich Sister and all the ones that not present on the air. Uh, again, love y'all, and I appreciate
4: it. Hey may Appreciate you and what you do and the knowledge that you bring every Sunday. Uh, the man that gets the first and last word here on the serious side, That one and only Mr. L to the E to the s Give me your final thoughts.
3: Well, my final
13: thoughts are this, folks. I always say get out and vote because you got a right. You know, that's your right to get out and vote. But the way the Republican parties are doing things right now, they're trying to stop you. So what I implore you to do is reach out to Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin and tell them to bypass the filibuster mitch McConnell did it when he wanted to appoint judges so reach out to joe uh joe manchin and Kristen cinema and tell them to bypass the uh the filibuster so they can pass the for the people's act and the john lewis voting rights act so we can get on to a regular life if you don't do that then you don't have a voice
4: Thank you so much, Mr. L. Mr. Elias. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Looks like Jerome may be backing out. Jerome, give me your final thoughts. Elias, you have some mic issues this morning, brother. Give me, your, give me your final thoughts, Jerome. Yes, sir.
1: Um, I first want to say I, I agree with Johnny. I think that we need to understand that all of this Joe Biden bashing is just old school Republican turning the tables on you, right? So when people look at how immoral and unethical and just crazy how Trump is, and even during the Bush years, and how crazy they were in their spending and Obama get there and they're like, he's just as bad as Bush. There is nothing just as bad as Trump. So stop letting people program you to make you believe that, right? If you want to believe the system is is bad, it's always been bad for us across the board. And if it's been bad under Trump and Biden, that might just be a natural phenomenon for the system. But that's not specifically Joe Biden. Trump is on the side of evil. When you do not have your humanity intact across the board and you are poking people in the eye on purpose, something is wrong with you and your humanity. So there is no comparison. Also, there was a story about this white teacher pushing down a black four-year-old kid. It just happened, right? And he he got arrested for it, but the problem is is that when we are not looking because it was called on camera by the way when we are not looking we are not paying attention to the fact that we have some issues in this country when it comes to race and that sits primarily in white folks we are countering what they're doing so as a thought for the day I just want to make sure I say we need to be conscious of it for our own safety and white folks be conscious of it so you can do better and be better. All right, so shout yes. out to Marian Music, Kathleen, Vanessa. Man, I don't think I've done it in a while, so I just want to say hey to everybody, and um,
4: everybody have a good week. That's good stuff, Jerome. I appreciate you bringing that up, because the bottom line is, is that you do need to pay attention white people. Here are my final thoughts. Pay attention to what you're doing. Don't act like this country just all of a sudden became a country uh, when it did. At the end of the day, this has been going on in our community for a very long time. And for you people to act like you don't want to understand our history, to ban children's books, and say, hi, my name is Rosa Parks. I am Dr. Martin Luther King. Are you, are you serious? This country was built by black people. And for you guys to act as if, you Jerome, you brought this up during uh, the segment of Missing People. You know, you're talking about indigenous people. This girl was just, she disappeared in Wyoming, I think, wherever it was she disappeared. You know what? There are over uh, seven, I think, 700 missing indigenous people. We haven't even heard of them. They're not even making the media. So what are we doing here? The reason why people feel the way they do is because of the way you act. Your actions speaks louder than your words. We have to have a black Miss America pageant because we weren't being recognized in the quote-unquote Miss America pageant. We have to have black entertainment television because we weren't being featured on other forms. Stop it with this nonsense. So when we try to find our own voice, try to do our own thing, then y'all got something to say about it. It's y'all who criticize this show, talking about we're too black on the show. You know what? Change the damn channel. Don't listen. Nobody asked you to come and listen to this dang old show. Because we're not spewing that nonsense, that entity, and all those fools are putting out Tucker Carlson. They are public enemies, and they should be arrested for the nonsense and misinformation that they put out. It's unbelievable, some of the people that we deal with in this world. And on that note, Mr. LES, it's Sunday.
15: We're talking serious stuff. What
4: time is it, my friend?
13: It's time for the serious side of the Jay Wow Show.
4: Let me saw before I close this thing out because I am really upset at the end of the show. So thank God I'm not doing it on the show. So for Jackie, for Jerome, for John, for the DS, I'm Jerry Rouse, and I have a wonderful work week. God bless you, mask up. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the Jay Rouse show. What's up, Tori? Appreciate your kind of words. Love your girlfriend. <laughs>
11: You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.